as a youngster you don't get it uh, you think it's very glamorous but it's actually not and then when you, when you get in is when you realize that it's a lot of hard work it's not just doing meetings you know which it uh, there's a perception that this is all about meetings and negotiations is not actually it's first a lot of back end work in understanding businesses working with people before actually even a transaction starts right that was navroz mahudawala frankly if you're under 25 navroz is the person your parents would compare your life to navroz is an investment banker who worked for the biggies lazard kpmg ernst and young before starting out on his own this is his story Hello there and welcome. I'm Amir Khan and this is a Z Medium podcast. A podcast that talks to people and about them too. Simply put, we we narrate people's journeys in the simplest way we can. So I would start from the first episode if I were you. It really gives a bit of context to what we do. And just this past Monday, we put out another episode. So please check that out as well. I'm going to keep doing this until I've reached like 7-8 episodes. I'm just going to lose 8 minutes in the introduction in the first month. Anyway, investment banking, right? I thought about it, doing it, you know, becoming one, and I'm almost very sure many other people gave it a thought as well. But while the job looks extremely cool from the outside, there's a whole lot more to it than just people in suits, boardrooms with amazing views and intense meetings going on. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, yes, at the end it might happen that way. You might get to make a grand entry into a room full of important people, but that's just the five percent of it that's glorified. And COVID even ruined that. I'm talking a bit from personal experience with meetings, and let me know if that's happened to you as well. And I'm talking to the men in the beards right now. You sit down for the meeting in a sharp suit. take off your mask and your beard is out of place nothing like it looked when you first left the house you can't touch your face yet because covid has got you paranoid you're struggling to find the sanitizer and when you finally do sometimes the sanitizer is just too sticky you fix your out of place beard with sticky hands and then commence the meeting now does that does that look like a pretty sight But on a more serious note there's a lot of research an unbelievable amount of research that goes into it and extensive research takes three things patience perseverance and pots of coffee but i don't think navroz needed those why because he did engineering in india that's why let's dive right into it i know i sound stupid when i say this but let me go through it uh, so i I've done my schooling in Manichi Cooper. I've done my 11th and 12th in Vithibai science, and then you know it's the same traditional route which at that point in time everybody went through because it was considered aspirational to become an engineer. Till actually the third year of engineering, I was under the impression that I will go ahead and do actually attempt the G, which was the post grad of the IIT's entrance exam, mm. because I wanted to think of studying further. But you know when you somewhere in between the third and fourth year when you are doing your training. and you go and do a you know a site visit or you work somewhere you when that cool realization comes that is this what you want to do i think i picked it up very early that no i don't want to do this it it's been very fulfilling uh, i wasn't bad at it 
uh, academically, right? But academically is not necessarily what shapes your thinking because it's fine that you could be, you will get a job, but then what will you do after that, right? Anybody who has done traditional Indian engineering course, which is a private sector where, you know, you may get KTs, you get Vivas, very miserable Vivas, you know, or if you've gone through that journey, what it gives you the confidence is that if you can manage this, you can manage anything else. Generally, your analytical skill sets get honed quite a bit. Your ability to uh, look at numbers in a different way. In that sense, I actually honestly think that there are reasons why you'll always find a lot of engineers being very good at finance is because they can they can read numbers in a very different way. So what does an engineer who is good at numbers do after his education is complete? We're talking only about Navroz here. Well, Navroz got into Lazard India right out of college. At this moment, if you're thinking about the rigorous interview process that Navroz had to go through to get into Lazard, uh, you're not alone. Even I thought about it. So I asked him and I could not have been more wrong. I was very fascinated by most of these, uh, you know, better broking houses. So what I did was, and this is actually a nice example to give of if you try and do cold calling, it works many times. So I just shot off which I realized most of my other batch placements had not done this. So I it took printouts on a letterhead and my CV. I sent it to some 200 firms. Okay. This was this was a time when there was nothing like even a, actually a couriers were expensive. So you could post it to all these places. Don't go and hand deliver, but post it. Somebody will read it. You never know. And interestingly, at that point in time, this firm which I worked with wanted to have an intern. They wanted to have a research person to do service their amenity. Uh, like a trainee, they didn't necessarily require somebody with basic knowledge. That's it. One of those guys, he picked it up and he said, why don't you come and meet me? And I was quite surprised because that Lazard was a very well-known firm. And, you know, why were they calling me? But I, I, for some reason, there was that slot available, which was like a junior analyst kind of a profile. I was fine. Cold calling? Cold calling, even though that's not something that would necessarily work in today's day and age, you never really know. Could you get into an Amazon, a PwC, a Tata today just by cold calling? Well, let's say you got in. You're in a place where thousands of people would love to trade with you for the job. Would you leave after only a year and a half? There was a one of my first, one of my bosses whom I used to work with. He was actually starting a small advisory firm. This was within a year and a half of where I was and did my first job. And it was uh, he actually said, you know, why don't you also join me? Uh, and he, I was, I was for them the first employee. Uh, I think at that point in time, maybe that decision was was fine for me because I just wanted to learn, you know whether it is a small setup or a big setup. A lot of my friends kind of had issues when I changed because they said, you know, you're going from a brand to a non-brand. But the way I was looking at it was that, you know, it will be a learning and it will help me understand how does, uh, you know, maybe if I have to do this later, it will help me understand how to do it. Well, that, that actually makes sense. I mean, while he was taking the decision, he would have not known what the right thing to do was. No one actually knows a good decision from a bad decision until much later. But he did learn from that job more than he could have learned from a multinational. That was the time he honed his basics in investment banking. 
sometimes putting in 16 18 hour work days which were taxing but rewarding at the same time this was actually one of the defining moments of his careers because it was a relatively new business and so navro was made up for most of the workforce that they had they relied on him and he got work done sometimes big is not always better who knows but the point is he had the ability to foresee himself doing this all on his own in the future which is why he was confident in leaving a well-known organization for a startup and he did start his own firm and is doing quite well so there's that but there are some decisions that really don't make sense when you look back at them the decision to quit the job at lazard yes made sense same line of work only more hands on but leaving that to start something new because of the ongoing trend does that make sense so we started a at that point it was a peak of the dot com time the year 2000 when we started a chemicals b2b exchange called processindia.com the idea was that uh, you know we will create content based on which some communities will come up in different process industries so this could be the, the coatings industry or this could be the construction chemical industry or this could be the chloralkali industry but uh, we were actually very late on the funding cycle so when we started it dot com had already peaked there was a it was a one and a half year wave you know where anything and everything was getting funded when we actually went live we took literally four months to create the portal Uh, and then we went live and we started approaching investors it was already you know kind of a down uh, cycle had started things were uh, in the us had gone down the one year old startup had failed because of a lack of funding now rose didn't want to borrow money from his parents and so started looking for another job coincidentally some of his lazard colleagues were now at kpmg and so he applied for a job there and got in man is a master of getting jobs at big companies All this had happened within a month and if you find that surprising Navro spent four and a half years at KPMG before moving on to Ernst and Young I can guess what many of you are thinking how is he doing all of this well the answer is simple if you get to know the person he is well to be honest he definitely made the right connections in life who helped him propel his career the power of networking and leveraging those networks as they say but more importantly he was really cut out of an investment banker cloth i used to always look up to an entrepreneur i used to never look up to a professional for whatever reason it was for me like always uh, uh, while you learn i mean but i i used to always whenever i used to go and meet even the smallest of businessman and it could be a very small guy it could be a trader sitting somewhere right i think i used to always get fascinated at how is he running his business uh, and for me that was always very inspiring that how is he how is he running his business successfully right more than the the business it was the way the business was being run and how is it being run is what my always i used to try and grasp i guess one of the reasons for me to start also was that i i i was very fascinated by my own clients in many ways that you know how did they start and you know how did they manage to create uh, you know enterprises uh, and you know so it's it's what the way i i look at our businesses that you know it's a it's a way where we are we may not be the entrepreneur but we are actually a part of his ecosystem to help him achieve his goals and his dreams navroz spent 5 years at ernstin young give or take he describes the experience as amazing and he did get to apply and perfect everything he had learned so far 
We discuss the advantages of a small firm, but an EY gives you the confidence to work with the bigger players. The stakes for a company like EY or KPMG for that matter are very high for even the most minor mistakes, and so perfection is needed in everything that they present to a client. Work without flaws. That's what he learned in EY. The perfect life. It was all going good for Navroz but he didn't have one thing that he wished more of. And the reason again of starting Candle Partners was that that fulfillment doesn't come when you are working with larger companies. uh because what essentially happens is that when you when you work with some of the larger companies you end up working with similarly the client list is also the larger companies so you you will generally work with companies which are maybe 5000 crores 10000 crores in helping them buy businesses right so you will work with multinationals you will work with larger indian corporates and then actually in that process is where you realize that the same skill set uh that you are you are bringing on the buy side okay you can actually bring it very nicely to the sell side uh and make something happen and that's more fulfilling when you are working on the sell side you are working directly with the entrepreneur because that decision is very critical to him he in all probability doesn't even have a cfo you are very core part of this business also so in that sense you are understanding business far better than what you go and try and do on the buy side Right. You don't need to understand when you're doing a buy side. You don't necessarily need to understand the business as much as you do when you're ending up selling a business. Oh, and one more point: Navroz's career wasn't stagnant in EY. Navroz was a director for a very long time and was about to be promoted as a partner the year he quit. Higher pay, definitely better title, and more autonomy. What more could you ask for? Navroz analyzed the situation differently. and i don't know of many who could look at it the same way he did if you are a leader in a large corporate or you are working with a multinational right you are used to a certain quality of life you are used used to a certain cash flow and unfortunately you start equating businesses with that i i went through that thought process in my mind and i realized that the the financial kicker is so high okay that i will always then refrain myself kiar what is my opportunity cost and in most cases in entrepreneurship the if you just do a pure financial calculation it will never match up okay for a professional because in his mind he is always looking at opportunity cost right and then the opportunity cost would have gone to a very different level and i realized that at the end of the day we are all human beings and if i after 2 years if i did that calculation in my mind that is it worth it Right. The answer would have definitely been a no. I think the gut call also helps most of the times uh, because if you if you make everything based on all your decisions based on rationale, right, and planning, then I think most entrepreneurships would have never happened in life. Most of those, if you actually look back, most guys have taken an entrepreneur call not based on some great lifelong planning. They did it because they just wanted to do it. in fact some of these were very insane decisions right i mean it, it never made sense at that point in time so in 2010 navroz quit and started his own firm candle partners providing investment banking and advisory services for mergers and acquisitions private equity and venture capital fundraisers he believes in playing a key role in companies that will help make a big difference in their lives rather than being yet another cog in yet another machine the job is not easy the success ratio is underwhelming 
and failures indeed take a larger chunk of what investment banking entails i guess some of my what i would say is clear failures is that i have uh, sometimes over analyzed past professional failures mm-hmm. and not not moved on so maybe to some extent what actually takes a emotional toll is that in our business success probability is very low you actually work on 20 things out of which two or three things will finally happen so failure is a inherent part of our process itself when we in our professional life right uh, most transactions will fail now but what essentially happens is that thanks to that you you become cynical i think that is where in maybe in some time part in my life i have become cynical of few things uh, either either a either a person either a sector either a transaction either a company uh, and i think that's been the biggest learning that you you need to detach yourself and sometimes that gives you the correct message because when you reexamine that you actually may look at it in a very different light everything is at that point in time is right or wrong but i think at in different points in time that you could change wow. what essentially happens is in our in our transaction we typically have a 6 months to a 1 year journey of a deal okay sometimes it's even more right because you fail in one you sometimes become judgmental on something else right uh, now that should do never happen because you are actually taking the baggage from one place to another you you have to do justice to that second process also which is going simultaneously you do justice to the third process also and give it equal importance uh, and that's how finally you know as long as you're giving the relevant importance and uh, respect to that process the the people who are behind that will also respect you so we there are a lot of things when things have not worked out but you know these are friendships for lifetime because those guys still knew that you at least did your best navroz is great at what he does and he enjoys it combine your passion and something you're good at and that's what he has his journey is not as simple as it was made out to be the cold calling would have never led to anything the failed startup could have taken off ey or kpmg would have rejected his application but there's a path that's written for you that no one can interfere with for all the aspiring investment bankers and finance professionals out there navroz has this to say to you so it's a great career uh, it's a career which uh, gives you what i call distilled wisdom okay so uh, very rarely people are fortunate enough to get distilled wisdom is because you know at you could be a analyst or an associate in our business and you will be sitting in front of an entrepreneur who's done this for 30 years and he'll tell you something about his business typically understand that we are we are coming in at a slightly more mature life cycle of the entrepreneur so he's raising capital when he's grown the business to a certain level mm-hmm. and his understanding is very high of that business right or he's selling the business where he's at his peak right so what you get at that point in time from him about his company and about his business is potentially something which you will never get even if you read for 200 hours in that one hour discussion if you like that episode and want to receive latest updates go on to instagram and linkedin and follow us z medium and yes please share this with others because next up we have selo rathete a well known businessman from south africa and here is a snippet from that conversation say when i grew up i i wanted to to be a medical doctor but uh, things did not go the way i i i wanted or i thought i would be we grew up under different conditions and uh, south africa at that time was under apartheid government 
you could not have gone to the institution that you aspired to go to. And then you end up uh, uh, doing what's available to you. And most of the Black children of our age or youth uh, end up doing things that they were never ever thought of laying their hands on. Uh, but God is, is always gracious. Uh, there are some who succeeded and some who end up getting into there. Stay tuned and goodbye for now.